a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We know that tensions have been rising in the Middle East and, of course, the latest report that 10 people have been killed following strikes in Gaza today. Uh, what led up to those? What does it mean moving forward? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Uh, I just want to get right into this. Uh, we're really pleased to have joining us on the line Amos Giora, of course, is an author and a professor of law at the S.J. Quinney College of Law at the University of Utah uh, and always helps us uh, sort through some of these very complicated issues uh, in the Middle East. And obviously a uh, an airstrike today, 10 people uh, have been killed, including a five-year-old girl, uh, and a commander of the Islamic Jihad group. Uh, Amos, what do you know on the ground? What is the, the sense there now? So, first of all, good evening from Jerusalem, where it's 11 o'clock at night. I think you, you hit the uh, proverbial nail exactly right. On the one hand, um, I don't know if he's the commander of the Islamic Jihad in Gaza or a commander, but clearly a senior commander was killed earlier this evening. From the Israeli perspective, that's a desired outcome. Obviously, the not desired outcome, obviously, is the the, the, the killing of uh, of the five year old child. And I would think that from um, the positioning uh, perspective, Israel will say that it killed the person it intended to kill. The, the death of the child, of course, is is an unintended, unwanted tragedy. I would think from the Palestinian perspective, they'll play up. The, the, the killing of the child and how the media will, will you know, play it one way or the other. I think it's going to be really important moving forward because you know as well as I do, if not better, how the media positions and perceives um, is of extraordinary importance in the context of the, the international community. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah, so... On the other hand, while the international community is going to be positioning, we need to ask ourselves here, where are we going, where are we going with this? So literally a few minutes ago, um, rockets were fired from Gaza into the Tel Aviv area. Um, we live outside Jerusalem. Rockets aren't fired here, but they're fired towards Tel Aviv. Prime Minister Lapid has said that um, such acts will not go unanswered, which is the same mantra that every other Israeli prime minister uh, always has. It's been clear that there was going to be a, something was going to happen because Earlier this week, Israel killed in the West Bank a um, Islamic Jihad commander in the West Bank. And there's been, in essence, a shutdown of southern Israel for the last three days in anticipation of the Islamic Jihad in Gaza responding, which is, I think, why Israel acted preemptively tonight in Gaza. But, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night here. We'll see how tonight plays out, and how the next few days play out, and who's going to play the role of, of the broker. Uh, the Egyptians going to play the role of the broker. 
is Hamas in some bizarre way going to try to um, control Islamic Jihad, which is perceived to be a more extreme uh, wing of, of Islamic terrorism? Uh, you know, the days ahead or the hours ahead will be telling. Yeah, and it will be a uh, leadership test uh, all the way around. And obviously these uh, strikes that, you know, whether they're likely to lead to, to broader escalation uh, after a year of relative calm uh, in terms of Gaza. Uh, as you look at that that leadership challenge, and, and I really appreciate, uh, Amos, that you've brought in this whole idea in terms of what the communication is and what happens in the media and how it's positioned and played. Uh, we know often that... Uh, paints people into corners or makes them feel like that the best solution is the violent solution next. Uh, and then that question of who can, who can be mediator, who can play that leadership role to bring parties together uh, to calm things down. What's your, what's your sense there? Are there players, are there individuals uh, who are likely to step forward or step into that breach uh, as the tensions rise? Well, first of all, I remind that we here in Israel are in the middle of the election season. We have elections on November 1st, and Lapid is indeed the prime minister, but according to the polls, for whatever polls are worth, if the elections were held tomorrow, uh, the new government would be form- formed by former Prime Minister Netanyahu. So Lapid, while he's conducting this as a prime minister, I'm sure has an eye, at least one eye, on the number one uh, elections. Is the Islamic Jihad testing Lapid? I have no doubt. I mean, they know that there are elections here, and they also want to see how he, as prime minister, reacts. Is there somebody in Israel who's going to be able to quell the quietness? Um, I, I, I don't see that, which is why I said you know, a few minutes ago, the role of the Egyptians traditionally has been to be, when, it was with, when conflict was between Hamas and Israel, it was Egypt that played the role of, quote-unquote, peacemaker. I don't know if the Egyptians have that kind of a relationship with the Islamic Jihad. Mm. Full stop. According to reports, either late last week or earlier this week, a commander, I don't know, V or a commander, head of the Islamic Jihad, went to Iran and met with Iranian leaders. That's not insignificant. I think in terms of the United States, you know far better than me, I don't really see the United States... um, at the moment, having the capital, political capital, to engage with the Islamic Jihad, and I think they're going to leave this uh, to the locals, always, you know, to those of us who live here in the Middle East. There's no doubt that the role of Turkey at some point becomes important because the Turks see themselves as some uber power here. And then I remind all of us that while all this is happening, the Israeli Air Force regularly conducts airstrikes in Syria where the Russian Air Force is, mm. which requires also coordination between the Israelis and the Russians while all this is happening. So I would suggest not viewing this exclusively through the lens of Gaza, Israel, but also understanding the broader geopolitics. Uh, and that's such a, an important part of the equation there that we often miss when we're just looking at the, the headlines and obviously how that impacts uh, the relationship uh, with Russia and Syria and uh, that coordination Again, it's fascinating, especially as uh, as you pointed out, with uh, an election uh, coming soon uh, that will likely have impact in terms of who is the prime minister. Uh, so many things to, to factor in. Uh, anything else uh, before I, I let you go, Amos, that, uh, that you're watching or things that we should be looking at that maybe are a little sure. under the radar? 
from the Israeli perspective, so literally while I was dialing you, um, the Israeli defense minister has authorized the call-up of 25,000 reservists, mm. which means that the question that all Israelis are going to ask themselves while rockets are coming from Gaza is the question that I think I would like to think makes 99% of us extremely uncomfortable, and that is whether or not Israeli ground troops would go into Gaza. I mean, that's always mm. the question yeah. in all of these military operations in Gaza, which you know, is operation number who knows what number. There's no one in their right mind who wants an Israeli soldier to go into Gaza, again, in their right mind. But it's, pol- it's political season, and if the rockets continue, which I certainly hope they don't, into the Tel Aviv area, that will force the government to ask itself the, the question I emphasize, that all of us who are, you know, who are reasonable want the answer to be no. On the other hand, on the other hand, no government can allow rockets being fired into its country. Yeah. Wow. Great insight. Great perspective. As always, Amos Giora, of course, is an author, professor of law at the S.J. Quinney College of Law at the University of Utah. He's based uh, there in Israel, just outside of Jerusalem. Uh, Amos, thank you so much for joining us uh, late at night over there. Uh, always appreciate your perspective uh, and deep insight uh, into the region and how it impacts all of us right here at home. Thank you for having me. All right, again, that's uh, Amos Giora, and he is uh, just such a tremendous resource uh, to all of us. Great perspective, great insight, and appreciate his perspective late at night uh, in Israel. As t- tensions continue to mount there, it really is going to be a, a, an issue of leadership in the end, and that will require Israeli leadership. Uh, he mentioned e- Egypt, talked about uh, the fact that Israel has to coordinate with Russia uh, in uh, airstrikes into Syria. Turkey has a role to play in the region. Uh, there's so many complicating factors in all of that. And the important thing for all of us to recognize is it does impact us uh, and our security right here at home. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.